Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Now, of all the medical conditions, gout seems to be a very mysterious condition. You know, the theory of um, we're consuming too many purine type foods and the uric acid that is broken down from purines is developing crystals that deposit in your big toe. Yet so many people that go on a low purine diet don't seem to get rid of their gout. And then people that get on medications just don't like the side effects that these medications create. So today I'm gonna show you a very effective remedy for gout using a different strategy. But first I wanted to mention some very interesting things about gout that you should know about. Most of the uric acid that is in your body, the great majority of it is coming from an endogenous source. What does an endogenous mean? It means that your body's creating it. Okay, your body is making this uric acid. Only a small amount of the uric acid comes externally from your diet. And 50% of the people that experience gout attacks have normal uric acid. And the crystals that are forming from these uric acid crystals are not even in the exact location where someone is experiencing or feeling the gout attack. And of course, the other point is about genetics. You know, if they can't figure out what, what's causing it, it's probably just your genes. But that also has some holes. There is a genetic tendency for gout, um, but mainly in Australia. I think one out of 20 people in Australia get gout due to uh, their genes. But out of all the people that have a genetic propensity to have gout, only 10% of those people actually have gout attacks. So there's just so much confusion in this area, it's ridiculous. And so apparently in a gout attack, um, the pain is not necessarily coming from the crystals that are digging into your tissues. It's coming from an immune reaction, okay? There's some immune response that's getting triggered from the uric acid crystals. That's what's causing the inflammation. So how do we do with gout attacks? Well, I have found that when people go off carbohydrates, sugars, especially fructose, high fructose corn syrup, alcohol, especially beer, just that change alone handles a lot of problems with gout. But there are still people that do that and they still have gout attacks. So what can be done? Well, we do know this one fact about gout. In order for uric acid crystals to form, okay, so your immune system can react to it, your pH has to be more on the acidic side. We know that. So based on that data, if you were to alkalize the body just a little bit, and I'm talking about urine alkalization therapy, that can give you some immediate relief. So if we combine that, with the ketogenic diet, which is low carb, as well as intermittent fasting, I think you'll be in really good shape. So what is the best remedy to alkalize the urine? Sodium bicarbonate would be the primary thing that would give you the least amount of side effects. And I'm talking about baking soda. Now, before I tell you how to take it, some people are sodium sensitive. 
um, they're on a certain low sodium diet because of high blood pressure, whatever, if that's your situation, um, I would recommend using potassium citrate instead. However, baking soda will work a little bit better. And of course, baking soda and water doesn't always taste that good. So um, if I were going to take it, I would recommend adding some potassium citrate. Now, if you wanted a really good potassium citrate, of course, I'm going to recommend my own electrolyte powder because it's slightly sweetened and it has a good amount of potassium citrate. So you would add one scoop of that with the baking soda, but you don't have to do that. You can just use baking soda alone. Now, as far as the amount of baking soda, I would recommend starting out with a smaller amount, like one eighth of a teaspoon in a glass of water, about eight ounces, okay? And I would do that for a couple of days. And then I would increase that to a fourth of a teaspoon of baking soda. Then I would increase that to a half a teaspoon of baking soda. And depending on the severity of this gout attack, you may wanna try this once, twice, or three times a day on an empty stomach spaced out about an hour, okay? So you would take it, wait an hour, take another dose, wait another hour, take another dose. That should pretty much put your gout attack in remission. Now, you don't wanna take this with meals because it's alkalizing and it can dilute your hydrochloric acid. So take it on an empty stomach at least an hour before you eat. This is also a good remedy if you have uric acid kidney stones, okay? Um, that's a little bit different than the oxalate stones, but with other types of stones, you'll be better off acidifying the urine. So there's always this question of how far do you go before you've gone too far? Because you don't want to go too far on the alkaline side and you don't want to go too far on the acidic side. So I'm going to put a link down below for information to determine if you're too alkaline, okay? And then you would back off if that was the case. Now, another bit of research I want to touch on is using transdermal um, sodium bicarbonate. So apparently um, there was a study done that took sodium bicarbonate and put it into a patch, okay, where you can put it topically, where it can absorb right into the big toe. And this would avoid taking it internally um, due to the high amounts of sodium. Yet I couldn't seem to find a source where you can find this transdermal uh, baking soda. So I have nothing to put in the link on that. However, this may work. I don't know, you'd have to test it, but to dissolve baking soda in some water and then soaking your toe in it. And there's also some interesting research that baking soda can increase your immune system, primarily your macrophages, which actually can help reduce inflammation as well as baking soda increasing your T cell. So apparently it does affect the immune system as well. And that's really what gout is. It's an immune problem. This is why a lot of people use it for autoimmune conditions because it can tone down the inflammation. Now, the other thing you need to know about gout is that there's a very, very high incidence of gout in people with metabolic syndrome. This means that they're consuming too many carbs. So usually when someone's doing the you know, the organ meats or the red meats and things like that, they're usually at the same time consuming beer or carbohydrates. So I really do not believe it's the meats that are causing this gout attack at all. In fact, a lot of people, when they go carnivore, get rid of their gout. But for those of people on the ketogenic diet, uh, from interviewing a lot of people that are trying to get rid of their gout, they're doing a great job, but usually they're adding in 
a little bit of the wrong carbohydrates. They're usually not doing the ketogenic diet uh, standardly like I recommend it. They're sort of doing the ketogenic diet. So when they get on a very strict ketogenic diet, they tend to do much, much better. But there's some key things that you need to avoid if you have gout, okay? Number one, of course, the obvious sugar and all forms of sugar, which also includes maltodextrin, which I just did a video on. The second thing is all the refined grains and the refined carbohydrates, okay? And then also when we're talking about sugars, there's one sugar alcohol that can increase the risk of getting gout, and that would be xylitol. So if you do have gout, you'd be better off uh, using another type of sugar alcohol like uh, erythritol, something like that. But just realize if you're using stevia or monk fruit, many times um, they add in maltodextrin, which is a very bad corn sugar that I would recommend avoiding, especially if you have gout. Now, of course, alcohol and especially beer can increase your risk of getting gout. And even medications like aspirin, like diuretics, can increase the risk of gout. The worst sugar for gout would be fructose. And even certain vitamins like niacin can trigger gout attacks. So niacin is really good for helping someone with cholesterol problems. I mean, it's, it's been totally scientifically proven to do that. But if you have gout, taking another form of B3 would be much better. And that would be niacinamide, okay? That's the version of niacin that doesn't give you the flush. So niacinamide will help you with gout and arthritis, but not necessarily cholesterol. But if you don't have gout attacks, you'd be better off taking niacin.